Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Premier League forecast on a Friday evening, the Derby Eve, and we're going to get into. Well, look, we're just we're going to crack on with uh, four games tonight from the from this weekend. There's some really big ones in this in this weekend, and tonight we're joined by Chris, Kevin, and Gary from across the park. Good evening, everyone. How are we? Yeah, all good. Yeah, all good. yourself. You bad, not too bad. Listen, we'll just crack straight onto this. Look, the the show pay, the showpiece game of this weekend, apart from the derby, is Manchester United against Arsenal. And you know, for Premier League history, this is probably the one game that has uh, grabbed most attention across yeah. across any season, really. So, um, let's start with Chris. Chris, Manchester United. Arsenal, the business has been done. You know, the window is closed. How do you see this one lining up? Because to be fair, Arsenal, I, in my opinion, have done a lot better than what I thought they would. I yeah, didn't yeah. have them playing as well as they have. And Manchester United, since they beat us, they've been on a nice little run, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have said Arsenal go undefeated. Um, at the start of the season, no, one, I think no one would have thought, thought that. But uh, Jesus is a good signing. It gives them that bit of impetus, bit of, bit of pace, and clinical edge. Uh, and look, he's making a mockery because let's face it, if you and me were both saying like he's more of a wide forward, he's not really a, a number nine through the middle. He's 
doing a fucking good job as a number nine through the middle. And Zinchenko gives them that bit of experience. I think he's only played two games, but I think that's a bit of professionalism, a bit of a kick up the arse that, that Arsenal needed. And look, young Saliba looks really good. I mean, they have to play Ben White at right back. Uh, the only thing I'm still hesitant with Arsenal is I don't know how they cope with three, uh, three games a week, especially the Thursday-Sunday. I don't know why. Thursday-Sunday just seems to be a thing um, because it, for some reason, Champions League clubs who do Wednesday-Saturday are fine, but Thursday-Sunday, and we did it in the for Liverpool. You know, it doesn't seem to work for them. I, I still don't think their squad is quite deep enough and they were pretty desperate to get uh, Douglas Louise and I think is it 25 million they had turned down in the end for him. So that's interesting. United, um, look, they've got the results on the board. And, you know, they thoroughly deserve to beat us. We were atrocious and they took advantage of it, which rightly so, they should have done. I think in the last two games, it's been sort of the same pattern as United have been good first half, got themselves ahead. But then second half, I've been, it's been really turgid. And But they've ground the results out. Now we can say, you know, Leicester should have took some of the chances. Southampton definitely should. But look, ultimately, they've ground the results out. And that's something United haven't done for a couple of years is grand results out. So... I look forward to because they're quite evenly matched. Uh, I think the fact is that Old Trafford, United have got three in a row. Arsenal have four, uh, five, four five games, five undefeated. You know, yeah. makes it quite an interesting game. Uh, and they sort of suit each other because Arsenal, at the moment, are confident they're going to fly at United. But United will probably quite like to hit them on the counter using Rashford's pace, Sancho's pace. Sancho's in really good goal scoring form. And the best thing they've done is keep Ronaldo on the bench. And use Ronaldo as an impact sub. That's actually getting the best out of Ronaldo because then he isn't going to do the hard running, but he still comes on for if you need to go last ten minutes. It's not a bad player to bring on. So I'm looking forward to it. No, guy, you if you watched last week, you'll know the names are not my forte. So if I get anyone's name mixed up, don't take offence. Don't take it personally. It's look, it's cans. What can you do? It's Friday night. But Dave. Or Andy. Um, <laughs> Look, there's no Andys here tonight. So, Dave... Um, there was no Andys here last week either. But, you know, let's carry on. Yeah, in fairness, it was one of those that you needed to see it. But, um, yeah, Dave, <laughs> Arsenal, um, how do you judge their business overall this window? And how do you see them? As Chris was saying, when the season starts, like the, the season really starts, you know, now. You know, it's like it's going to be two games a week, sometimes three. You know, do you think they can manage and sustain a top four challenge? <laughs> you mean Gary? So, so is that meant to me? That meant for oh, me. Fuck off! Gary, Gary, <laughs> you're Gary, you're, you're, Gary, you're also Dave. Just so wow, you know, I was, I was trying so um, hard not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I think um, fuck off. I think, <laughs> I think the business from Arsenal has been true, to be fair. <laughs> I agree. Listen, the, the big... As soon as they got rid of Aubameyang, as soon as they let Aubameyang go, or whatever you're going to call it, because it was clearly a um, a rift between Arteta and Aubameyang, and <laughs> it was almost like the statement, the statement from Arteta, wasn't it, to, to let Aubameyang go, yeah. to say, look, this is my project, this is my club, I'll do what I want. The Arsenal fans were obviously not happy with that. The, you know, and initially... They knew how, how much of an influence from a goal scoring point of view was. And I didn't, I'll be honest, like a lot of people, I didn't think Jesus was going to be the answer. He, he's almost been kept in a closet by 
by Pepe at City, but he's come there and, and he's shown, even for, for Brazil, he wasn't trusted as a number nine, but Charleston was playing ahead of him. So to see him come in and, and slot in the way that he has and, and to score so effortlessly, you know, it was a massive boost for them. You know what? The best sign, and even though it wasn't a sign and for, for Arsenal this summer or the emergence has been Odegaard. Odegaard's been incredible. Yeah. You know, another player that was a huge influence for Arsenal a couple of years ago was, was Mesut Ozil. You know, again, a, another person who who kind of split opinions because he didn't work hard and whatever, but no one could doubt that he could, you know, he could create a goal with the drop of a hat. You know, he, he's one of them football geniuses to some extent. Um, but obviously, you know, he didn't off the ball fit in the Premier League. Odegaard looks like the, the, the total package. You know, he is capable of working hard. He can drop in deep. He's a proper footballer. You know, it's, it's no... Um, you know, when Madrid paid the amount of money that they did for for Azagard, it must have been five or six years ago now. You knew there was a talent there. It hadn't hadn't quite emerged, but in the first few games this season, he looks like a proper player and someone who I think can probably take the Premier League by storm this year. And even though he's not a new signing for Arsenal, it'll feel like that because he really looks like he's settled into that system now. He looks like the, uh, the captaincy's really took him up a level, which I must admit, I thought he was an odd choice for a captain. He didn't scream, that's the captain. But to be fair to him, it's almost lead by example as put him up a level. Yeah. Arteta was Everton's captain for a few years and or, or for a while. And it was the same. You know, he, he wasn't captain, typical captain material, but he led by example. You know, he, he was he was the ultimate professional. And I think he, he most managers do that, don't they? They select a player in their own image. And listen, I think a better player than Arteta than was. <laughs> No, but I, I, know, I know the point you're making. We don't scream yeah, Arte- Arteta, Arteta wasn't oh, bad. He wasn't, wasn't bad. Gabriel, Listen. maybe, wouldn't you? But... Yeah, well, they're yeah. good captains, aren't they? But, um, I mean, no. the but he's a he's a doubt for tomorrow, isn't he? I've just read uh, him and Ramsdale are doubts. I know Ramsdale's got a muscle injury. I think I don't, I don't know about. Um, and I don't even know Gabriel. I don't know. I don't know the Arsenal backup keeper is to be honest. And I know it's... Zinchenko's still touch and go with his. Issue was as well, so yeah. look, to be honest, Man United they might actually be playing Arsenal at the right time. Well, I think they actually might have about four out. I think. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Kevin. The the Arsenal backup keeper is the one they got from the MLS, and his name escapes me. But Day, they've done Day, some... probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a surprise. His name escapes me. To be honest, <laughs> no, this is true. It's a In it's um, it's 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 a, it's a trend. Let's put it that way. <laughs> But, Kevin, when you look at the business that Arsenal have done and the start that they've had, United's business, I'll be, I'll be honest, I think United have been fleeced for virtually every player that they've got in this window. Yeah, near enough. But they've addressed some of the problems that they've had in the squad and they've managed to keep the likes of Ronaldo when they said that they wanted to. How do you judge uh, Manchester United's window today? And what are your expectations? You know, what were your expectations going into the window? And I, now looking forward into the season, what you what you hoping for? I think I think everyone knew that United needed a lot if we wanted to get even close. Um, I think a lot of our signings, despite overpaying for, I think everyone probably bar Malassia, I think I think thirteen million odd was good for him. But oh, what was it? Sixty mil for Casemiro, eighty five for Anthony, and six round sixty for Martinez. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot. But 
I am happy with them all. Like I feel like we've been dying for a left-footed right winger. Like every person we've tried to bring in for the right wing either isn't a natural player there or actually ends up preferring to play on the left. Like Rashford likes playing on the left. Sancho likes playing on the left. Martial likes playing on the left. No one, no one had the right side. Um, Sancho was meant to be that, but you can see in the Prem he likes to cut in and on the right it just doesn't seem to work. So I'm happy with Anthony. I think Casemiro, despite maybe his age and pain him quite a lot as well, I think he's. I think he's still maybe what a top three DM, top five DM in the world. Like oh, yeah, if, before was, Manu bought him, everyone was talking about how good he was in the Champions League final and yeah. like that he was still on the top of the game. So I think I think it says a lot about Manu as well that we can still even attract players like that when we had a season like we did last year. Because I thought, well, we let's, let's be honest, it was the money. Come on. Oh, oh, a hundred percent is the money. A hundred percent is the money. I'm not saying it isn't the money. I'm not saying it ain't the money, but I think. Like if 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 he wanted even more money, he could have gone to the MLS or he could have gone to some other country. I think it's a bit of both. Like the MLS, and, um, they'll they'll uh, depends. But I, for me, I think if Casemiro is a very good signing for us, no doubt, definitely. Yeah, and then Martinez. I think after that Brentford game, a few people looked at him a bit shaky, thinking he's been bullied by Ben Mee there. But I think since then, I think he's been. <laughs> He's Probably our best player every game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's been really good. Um, so yeah, I, I think our window's been solid. I just think we overpaid. I was really happy with the Ericsson one, but I feel like that kind of went under the radar as like getting him on a free. I think he's been sensational for us as well. So, I mean, like, Ericsson is Ericsson's like the perfect one matter replacement because one matter was that professionalism that you yeah. had. The problem was his legs had gone probably two yeah. years ago. Which is look, it happens to all players. Whereas at least with Ericsson, you're going, that's kind of the, the steady, that's the steady influence yeah. you need. But he's got a lot of qualities as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But again, the thing with United's got to be coming up is how they cope with the whole Thursday, Sunday routine, you know, which I, sometimes, I sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't. But I don't know why it does seem to be a thing. And I kind of say, as a Liverpool fan, it's not a thing because we, we had the same thing when we did Thursday. I don't yeah. know why. It just re- it's a mental thing of a lot of clubs. They seem to really fall to pieces of it. And I, don't I, I, I actually think it's the travelling. I think a lot of the time when you play those Thursday Europa League games, it's like the travelling is brutal. You're travelling to like half like the other side of Europe half the time. Um, and I think I think when we think about footballers, we don't usually think about the person like individually as people. Like I know when I go on holiday, I'm knackered after like you know like a long flight. Like and I, I think a lot of um, a lot of people don't look at that kind of stuff. And I think that's why everyone struggles Thursday to Sunday. Mm. But, um, yeah, like I was saying, with the window, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think we could have definitely paid a lot less. And I think that the same old United where it's we wait until the last minute to get most of the signings over the line. And, and clubs just know that now. And they just wait because they know eventually we're going to go, all right, then. <laughs> like, we never we never just go, no, no all right, then we won't touch him. Like, we just what go, I was going right, to ask... Fine. I was just going to ask you actually about Anthony. Um, he hasn't got the clearance to play, or does he have the clearance to play? Um, I think he does, but I think it. I think I don't think Ten Hag will play him. I think I think Ten Hag has been quite composed in the fact that even with Casemiro, like we could have played him for the last two games, and he hasn't. Um, and I think he Anthony probably won't feature just because I know he's only having his first team training session today. Um, yeah, like he would have only just had it, so I, I can't imagine he might he might feature off the bench. 
I, I, I can't mean, imagine it'll start. Yeah, you, you, th- you think safety chasing the game the last 15 minutes, I'll yeah. be honest. Um, I'm sure football's not that technical in the last 15 minutes is throw the winger on and just yeah. probably probably a little bit like Liverpool did with Diaz uh, and probably Everton would do with Gordon if they were throwing him on his, just run at them play your natural game because with 15 yeah. minutes go, you just want to cause a bit of chaos and yeah. you know that's what Anthony could do for the last 15 minutes you know this might be the first game where Casemiro starts where actually it's a bit of experience you need because there's probably expectation in United to win this because you're at home Arsenal got a few missing and for Arsenal, this is the first big test, you know, because all the games they've won, you know, they've won and you couldn't beat what's in front of you. And look, Kev, we've yeah. seen we can't yeah. beat what's in front of us at the moment of times when we should be. So, well, you know, um, you've got to do that. But this will be ask Gary, to actually, is this Arsenal side tailor-made for how Manchester United want to play at the minute? They want to soak up pressure. They want to play on the break. They want to use the pace on the counter. And I've got to... I, just think that this this Manchester United at the minute are quite comfortable giving the ball away and staying in shape and relying yeah. on their pace to counter and hit size like that, especially with Ericsson's passing ability. I don't know, you know. You know I, I, at home, I, I, it's a different thing. No, I, I just think that's something of a, a short-term fix for Ten Hag. That's not his style. That's not what he wants. That's not his footprint. I think it's only a matter of time now that he's got the players in that he that he wants to start to show what he's really about. A credit to him, to be fair. Like I, I didn't think he would he would do what he'd done against Liverpool and and would change his approach, change his style. You know, go long and not play out from the back. But I think that there's only a matter of time that he's going to want to go. Look, I've got my players in now. Maybe it's too early to do that. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's going to be as as. As simple or as straightforward as that. I actually think this fixture might be one where they cancel each other out a little bit. I think both clubs are in a similar, a similar position where they're quite happy now with the start. You know, Arsenal don't want to lose. United won't want to lose. I think the two teams really would prefer to get past this game almost with the draw and go, look, none of us is, neither of us are going to, you know, like a box, one of them heavyweight boxing fights that everyone yeah. builds up for years and stuff. And it's like Pacquiao Mayweather kind of thing. Like, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of skilled operators out there, but I think that there's two very good coaches there as well. Um, Arteta, to a certain extent, doesn't get that much credit because he's still not done anything as a coach. Ten Hag has done something in Holland, but still, you know, he'll be wary of the fact that he's got to prove himself in the Prem. Although I'd love to build build this up as being this, you know, big mega goals fest and whatever, I just yeah. think it might be one of them. We're both. No, I, well, what do you, what do you think then? If you were going to, you know, put your scores on it and see, you know, where do, how do you think this will end up? Um, if it's me, I I think it's either going to be two or like two one to, but I, I have to be optimistic for Man U's sake, <laughs> like because I, I also do think. As much as, like you said, I think he, Ten Hag will eventually want to start playing his brand of football. But I think until the likes of Anthony are guaranteed starting every game, Casemiro, like, until they're all in, I don't. I think he probably, especially after how shaky we were in those first two games, I think it's going to be right. Let's just get some results on the board. Let's build some confidence. And I think, like I watched the Man U players, they they defended across. They the other team won the corner, and they're all buzzing. Like the whole defense are high fiving. It's the first time I've seen any form of passion out of Man U like players for years, um, and I think I think the game like it feels like this like this season so far, especially after the first two, we're kind of going right. Let's get defending down. Let's figure out how to do that. 
and we'll we'll go up the pitch, kind of. We'll figure it out as we go along. And I think sitting back for Manu could work quite well. And I think Rashford, if we could get Rashford, Sancho, kind of pacing up, Alanga's rapid as well. Even though I think technically he's pretty bad, um, I think I think we could do all right. But I think Arsenal are scary actually because I think last year no Europe. Most teams are only getting to train once or twice a week. Arteta has been teaching his tactics probably four or five training sessions a week. And I think they look really well drilled. And I think Jesus has been great. So I think, yeah, probably 2-1 or 2-1 to Man U, if I'm being optimistic. But I think probably 2 all or one all. But could easily Chris, happen. I've gone Chris, for 2 You've gone for a Desmond. Gary's gone for a Desmond. I've gone for a Desmond. Uh, I've gone for a Desmond. <laughs> I thought you went for a 2-2. Two, two. Yes, no, I I, I, no, I haven't said anything about the score. I line. thought you said 2-2, two, um, two, sorry. No, do you know what? I'm going to go completely against everyone. And go on, going... You're going to go on, sorry, Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Yeah. You think they'll cancel each other out that much? In fairness, yeah, Saliba... I honestly, I honestly think, I think, I think the first hour, I think there'll be chances, and I think it'll get to an hour, and both teams will be like, and managers will that's, be like, listen. Yeah, that's safer. fair. I, I think oh, that'll happen. If, if it's still nil-nil, well then, I do agree. I mean, I'll be fair, right? I think Saliba's been absolutely outstanding. He's been a he's probably been from one of the standout players of the league, you know, yeah. so far. Um, Ramsdale, I'm not convinced. Uh, even if he even if he starts, I I'm not convinced on him as a keeper whatsoever. I'm not. Convinced no, I think I think he's good with his feet, but I, I, I don't actually think he's that good of a shortstop. I think he's no, I think he's he's yeah, he's very show pony. Uh, he yeah. does the simple. He makes the simple things look complicated. Kind of reminds me. Um, of how you saw him as he gets old. As he gets older, it might come to his game, but mm. I'm not convinced with him. I, I there's there's too much in his game that's just a miss for me. But look, I I'd be amazed. I wouldn't be amazed if Arsenal got something. I think a draw would suit everyone involved. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I don't see United winning it. Um, I think Arsenal have fancied themselves on that big pitch. You know, the, the form that they're in, they're they're really going to be confident going into this. So we'll see. It's going to be a cracking game on a Sunday afternoon. You know, it's a great way for us to be able to sit back and relax. But tomorrow as well, you've got Chelsea West Ham and yeah. London Derby. You know, Chelsea have spent the most money of anyone and I'll just go, I'll ask uh, Chris first. Are Chelsea better than where they were at the start of the window, opposed to now that the window's closed? Probably. But it was a bit like you put Twitter in charge of Chelsea's recruitment. It was just literally by very scattergunish, you know. Um, I think Zakari's probably what they needed because as good as Kante is, he can't stay fit. Um yeah. And I think Aubameyang could be a smart signer because they haven't actually got an out-and-out number nine because they've sold the other two they had in Werner, who now score goals, now he's not in England. 
and Lukaku was just always felt like it was never going to work. So at least Aubameyang gives you that. It's just which Aubameyang turns up. Is it the one we saw at Barcelona who was quite motivated and look could score for fun? Or is it the one we saw in the last year of Arsenal who just looked like he couldn't be asked and generally looked that way? Uh, Chelsea still, to me, feel a bit lopsided. And they still feel a bit of a soft touch when if they go 1-0 down, they do look a bit sorry for themselves, a bit doom and gloom. And West Ham has had a very, very odd start. Because I actually think, signing-wise, they've done quite well. And Paqueta's a really good sign. And I think the squad they've got still look like the Bills, but they've just had a really sloppy start. But I thought they were good against uh, Tottenham. So, But again, this feels a bit like the Arsenal-United game. I think it's going to cancel each other out a little bit. Um, Gary... West Ham has spent some savage money as well. Uh, Skamaka they brought in from Italy, but he hasn't really featured yet. Do you think David Moyes is looking at how do I fit this guy in? And it's case that he trusts Mikel Antonio and Mikel Antonio has the shirt. And until he doesn't, it's just going to be a case of carry on as, as we were. Yeah, that that's that's David Moyes, to be honest. As an Everton fan, I know the way he works quite well. Um, I know his... His policy around transfers, and you know what, the, the worry for West Ham is generally he doesn't spend money very well. Um, he doesn't tend to put it in the right places. Um, Gamaka, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure when they signed him. Good player in Serie A, but I don't think he's going to be cut out for the Prem. I think he might do all right in Europe. Um, whether he's seen that on the training grounds, for me, Antonio is a David Moyes player. I think he needs to find someone like Antonio to come in and, and, and be the foil for him. It was like at Everton, he only ever wanted David Moyes, a player who could run the lines and, and could lead that line and be physical and work hard. I'm not sure Skamaka is that person. Um, I think it's a, I, I think it's been very scatty, the, the, their approach to transfers, which is very David Moyes-esque when he's got money. Kraken signing and uh, Paqueta, very good, very good player. But I think he's going to take a year to adapt to the Premier League from France. Brazilian centre mid, but coming from a very lethargic league, I think West Ham are going to struggle this year. I do. I think they might pick up a 1 0 here and there because David Moyes does that well. But I think when they come up against some of the better sides, I think someone mentioned when they were talking about the right time to play to play um, Arsenal before. I think this is a good time to play Chelsea. So we might get something from Chelsea because they're going to take a while to adapt because of all the signings that have been made. But Generally, I think West Ham will struggle this year. Um, although I th- fancy them to maybe get something from Chelsea whilst they're still adjusting. Mm. Kevin, um, one thing on Paqueta. I mean, Paqueta, Bruno Gamarish, you know, they're similar age, similar quality, really, but different type of player, you know, yeah. different profile of player. But I, I 100% believe that a lot of clubs have slept on this deal for Paqueta. I can't believe that he ended up at West Ham. I think that with so many clubs, including Liverpool, who were looking for an attacking centre mid, an eight who can do various positions, I can't believe he slept under so many radars and he ended up at West Ham. I mean, they've paid good money for him, 60 million euro. But, I mean, I agree with, you know, Chelsea scattergun mental transfer policy. They've brought in 11 players. You know, they've released something like 17 or 18. They've spent over a quarter of a billion. I don't believe they are better. I think they've stood still in a lot of ways. 
How do you see the two the two clubs with what they've done and where they want to be? I mean, West Ham will take you know if West Ham qualify for Europe, that's not your hand up. You know, yeah, at the end um, of the season. I mean, I, I live around a lot of West Ham fans, and the, the general feeling is like, despite a slow start, I think everyone's quite excited. I think people like the look of what Smack has done when he's played in. I think it's the conference games that, that have happened so far. He's looked quite lively. He's scored a few. Um, I care. They're, they're buzzing. Like everyone is buzzing. Um, I can't believe it was with him and Isaac who went to a Newcastle. I couldn't believe those two went to the clubs they did. Um, mm. Isaac was one that I wanted at Man U, like for the future. Um, so I couldn't believe he went. But I think Paquette is going to be incredible for them. Um, I think. I think I don't know if it was necessarily the signing they needed. I think Ben Rama. I think hasn't really been given a fair chance at West Ham, and I think he he has had he's looked quite good when he has played. Um, I think probably they needed more of a maybe backup for a right winger, but I, I think regardless they're buzzing. Um, Chelsea, I, I think individually speaking they're better, but I kind of agree that they've kind of just seen names and gone right. We'll have you. I think their initial transfer policy kind of flopped because Barcelona basically just took everyone they wanted. Um, and I th- whilst, despite, I think Fafana's a great signing. I think Kukurella's looked good when he's played, but I think, what was it, near 65 million for him? That was a lot. Um, I think Aubameyang, again, it's completely such a huge risk with like what one you're going to get. If you get moody, ruin the dressing room of Aubameyang, I think that place is going to get even worse. Um I, I think it's if you get the right about me, it's great for them because I think Kai Havertz as a striker is just not good at all. Um, I think Havertz is a good player, and I think in the right system he could be good. I think maybe at a, a city or something where they kind of like basically like last year, maybe he could have suited quite well. But um, I think for Chelsea, I just don't think it's really worked. I think the, probably a lot of those Lampard signings that haven't really worked. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think they, I think they, they individually speaking are better, but it all just kind of like you. I, I kind of agree with what you said. They kind of just pick and chose who they could get that they thought would be quite good. That's fair enough, uh, Chris. What's your score predict? One thing, one question I'll, I'll ask all of you actually: Is Tommy Tuchel under pressure? Yeah, yeah. He's got to be, hasn't he? He spent that amount of money, and, and, and I think. Uh, yeah, go on, sorry. No, it's right. Okay. Uh, no, I was more going to say. Every time clubs like take on a new like the new owners, they usually like to put their own stamp on it and bring in a new manager, do it their own way. And I think I think they've looked bad. I think even the second half of last year, they looked shaky. I think they well, they lost four 0 to Brentford as well, didn't they? I think. Yeah. Um. So I think I think they look shaky as well. And um. I think I think he's definitely got to be under pressure. Like if he doesn't step up this year, if they don't get top four, I think he's gone. I I don't think it'll take that long. Uh, I think uh, a sticky run of form could see it. I think the longer Pochettino is out of work, the more pressure is hyped on to um, Tommy Tuchel, to be honest. Chris, how do you see this game going? Uh, I've got another another 2-2. I think it's become my favourite scoreline this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but I just... I can just see flaws in both that both teams can expose defensively. So I sort of feel like a 2-2. I mean, Southampton absolutely tell Chelsea apart. And yeah, I'll be honest, Southampton, and, Southampton are, are a good side, but they shouldn't be doing what they did to Chelsea. Yeah, I think Chelsea struggle away from home massively at the minute. Um, 
Gary, how do you see this one? I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the draws. I'm gonna go for one one this time. I think West Ham will take a lead. Um and in typical David Moyes fashion, I'll probably try and hold on to the lead for too long and, and uh, Chelsea's firepower, despite it, it being somewhat um unbalanced, might just come through and get them a point. Yeah, no, I think Sterling's been a good a good signing for them. Um yeah. might compliment Sterling actually, the kind of runs that he makes uh, as mm. opposed to Kai Havertz. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to their midfield. You know, the, that's to me is Chelsea's weak link. Um, Kevin, how do you see this one going? I actually think West Ham will win. I think it'll be two one. I think, I think they've got a, like Chelsea have got this mismatch back line where no one's really played with each other, and I think West Ham will get them on the counter. And I think, I, I think West Ham generally actually do quite well against the big teams, but I think Chelsea looks so vulnerable. So yeah, I think it'll be two one West Ham. And Chelsea's yeah, home form last year was Chelsea's home form was terrible. Worse than Everton, I think, didn't they? They won eight think, games at home, I think, all year. Yeah, Jeez, yeah which is which is very on to be fair, the Chelsea we've known for the last 10, 15 years, that's very on Chelsea. Like Chelsea yeah. Chelsea who I used to be the, the, the fixture nobody wanted. The bridge was yeah. the fortress, wasn't it, when you went there? It was It's gonna be an interesting one for sure. I I think it's gonna be a one one. Um we'll see how that one goes. But now we have to do the, t- the housekeeping stuff. So, Chris, over to you, sunshine. No, no pun. Just, just go and no do pun, it. No pun. Just get and do it. Mate. Uh, come on, okay. you're right. slacking tonight already and making me host. So, and I'm already getting <laughs> names on. So, well, you've got to do that even if you weren't hosting. To be yeah, fair, but, uh, yeah, right? That's fair enough. Yeah. So, our favorite first uh, IP vanish. So, just you guys know by now, uh, if you're browsing online using incognito. Uh, you're not actually protecting yourself. So what you actually need to do is get yourself a VPN. Otherwise, you're basically giving all your private data, passwords, communications, browsing history to all undesirables. That's from hackers to advertisers. So if you get yourself a VPN, you are 100% encrypted. And we've got uh, a deal with IP Vanish, which is going to give you 70% of your yearly plan and 30-day money-back guarantee. And with the IP Vanish, you can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. So that's on your computer, your tablet, your phones, or Fire Sticks, and use it at home or while you're out. Uh, these guys are rated 4.6 out of Trustpilot. So if you want to get the offer, it's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers to claim your 70% of savings. That's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. So there's one. Right. And next one is, as we all know, UA football's back. So... It's now being streamed live on Paramount Plus. So at nine, so you got nine months of really exciting football. We can watch Benzema, can Real Madrid keep up, keep hold of the European Cup, all the likes of Liverpool, Manchester, Chelsea, PSG, Barca, uh, be able to take it, take it off them. So don't miss any of the action, and make sure you sign up to Paramount Plus, uh, which starts on the sixth of September. So get yourself an IP vanish, sign up to Paramount Plus. Jobs are good. All right. And my ones, BetterHelp is a betterhelp.com is a uh, mental health platform that provides online mental health services directly to, you know, people who are in need. Uh, the online counseling and therapy services are provided through web based interaction as with face to face communication via phone or you can do it on text. There's various ways to contact them. Uh, they also they always uh, look to try to set up a counselor within 48 hours to guide you through if you're struggling at the minute. I mean, 
it's one of those things as as guys mainly who will be watching this uh but everyone in general goes through a rough time uh mentally you go to the doctor if you had a bad back or if you had a sore knee but you know who do you talk to when you you know you you're not feeling it yourself so these guys provide uh online therapy services with uh video phone live chat th- therapy sessions if you want to do it on camera, you can. If you don't want to do it on camera, which a lot of people would be comfortable with text, they provide that service as well. Um, for all our listeners and viewers, they get a 10% off their first month with betterhelp.com forward slash date trippers. That's betterhelp.com forward slash date trippers. Okay. And we are back. And we are back with some fantasy football. Uh, how you guys do it, Gary? Do you do fantasy fantasy football? I do for my sins, yeah. I'm, despite how hard I try and and study, I just, I just always seem to make the wrong picks. But yeah, I do. Yeah. How are you finding it yourself, Kevin, this season? I am bottom of my friend's fantasy league, and I genuinely get at least three messages a day, just taking the piss out of me. <laughs> so um, I, I enjoy it, but right now it's quite sad. But I do love it. So, Chris, have you quit yet? No, no, I'm still, I'm still doing it. You think I had quit when you look at the state of my fucking team? But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get fancy football. I got gab bullied me into this about two years ago. And I'm still, I haven't got a bloody clue. I actually have to. Oh, actually, I'm in one in work, and one of the women in work does know how to play fancy football. So she asked me to do a team. Her team is doing better than mine. Fucking human. <laughs> How's that? Work? I made the big mistake of not putting Harland in. And, and, uh, I've, paid, I've paid the ultimate price for that. Even so, bigger, sure and Salah in your team? Yeah, I had Salah and Kane, and I'm pretty sure both of them combined have had less points than Haaland, so it's just, yeah. it's just sad. Ha- Haaland is an absolute machine at the minute, especially for fantasy football points. For a guy who doesn't touch the ball that often, he is absolutely flying it. Now, yeah. I don't know if... Um, I know where I am in our league... And I know the league, I think it's got about six, 700 people in it. I'm about 400 not. So I'm going to hit 380, Kev. So, yeah, no, us, but not great. <laughs> no, we're shite. We can talk, <laughs> sometimes we can talk a good game, but we're absolutely shite at it. But uh, if Gav could chalk up the uh, top 10 for the league, it'd be handy. If he's there, I bet Gav kind of. Oh, there he is. Hello. Oh fuck off! Look at that, four hundred and one points for Lido. How Lito. many points? I know that makes me sick. Right, the t- the t- I've got the team up here: Sarri, yeah, yeah. goal, Trent, Cancelo, Varane, and the midfield is Dewsbury, Hall, Sattler, Martinelli, uh, Luis Diaz. And the front three is Mitrovic, Jesus, and Haaland. They got one hundred and seventeen points in the, uh, last week. Fifty-one of them were Haaland. Okay, now wow. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, if you stuck Haaland in and you made him captain, all you're hoping which, for is a bonus did. from someone else. Yeah. yeah. Look, who, who doesn't? He's 140 points ahead of me. I can't, but how has he even done that? <laughs> five <laughs> weeks. That is nuts. Uh, who else is in there? Stephen Wally. Uh, some of the names, though. Some of the names absolutely rip it for me. Brock is going on. Latifa <laughs> Suarez. But it's close. I mean, 50, 358, 401. It's nothing. 
You know what I mean? This early in the season, anything can happen. Everyone, a lot of people still out holding back on their picks and stuff. But who are the top 10 players for last week then? Jack and Hall is there, so what you reckon? I, I think he probably is, yeah. Haaland, 17 points. Sure. Okay. Alvarez with 12. Chipped in in midweek with a couple of goals, didn't he? Um, how many of those players have you got? How, how many of those players have you got, Kev? Come on, Kev. How many of those players have you got? Martinelli, Salah. I've got one. Salah, that's it. I've got Salah, that's it. I've got three. I've got Cancelo as well. Yeah, Sinisteris uh, had a good start at Leeds. He's, he's, you know, for his first game out at Leeds in midweek, he did okay. McAllister, yeah, I think. Yeah, McAllister's a tidy player, you know, the Argentinian with the Scottish he's, name. Calls him, I think. Whoever's, whoever's got him so far, fair play, but I wouldn't be keeping him for too long. No, I think he's very streaky. He's one of those yeah. players. He's, he's a streaky player. Suchek as well, another one. He, he can go through three or four games looking the absolute Sancho bomb. Now. Sancho's yeah. going to get better and better for me now. Sancho's one. I'm very yeah. tempted to bring him in. Really. I think he's, Sancho, he's, the way Ten Hag sets up the side is tailor-made to how Sancho wants to play. Perfect. Uh, if, perfect. if he can get his pressing right, you know, and they can start winning the ball back higher up the pitch, him, Anthony, and whoever Rashford. they decide to play in the nine are going to have fun in games. But, you know, it's, it, it's a journey to get to that point where you're a bit of a pressing machine as a side. You know, we've yeah. seen... Some sides struggle. Some time, some it takes longer than others. I don't think Ten Hag has the luxury of time. That's the thing. He'll do well for a while, but if he starts to struggle through performances, you know it could go sideways for him. But talking about but things going sideways, uh, Villa, Man City. What's well, oh. not going sideways for City? Uh, I've <laughs> going sideways for City. No chance on earth. I've triple uh, Ireland. I'm ready. You've triple. I don't blame you. This, uh, this feels like a car crash of Villa, this. Uh, they're just absolutely dreadful. Absolutely yeah. dreadful. And look, listen, to Gerard, this is the pressure's on for him. You know, this has probably been the first real, this is probably the first real big test of his manager career. The Rangers one was steady progress and look, he took Rangers where he took them and look, he did what he did. But the Villa thing, it's just, it's not working out at all. You know, his signings haven't really clicked out and I've seen a bit of Villa social media. A big criticism is I don't think they know what system to play. I think it's very hit and miss, which I think is why he he didn't want Douglas Louise to go. Not because he isn't playing him, because I don't think he's decided if they're three four three, four three three, four two three one. So I think he's trying to keep every player he can to work out where he's going. And this had Den Donker now, another good solid player, okay. but I'm not. I don't think. I'm he's not sure. I'm not sure got, but I'm, I'm, I'm like with Den Donker going. It's not really kick you on though, is it? It's just if Douglas Louise can get on the pitch already, why are you signing Zenzonka? I think he yeah. might be a centre back replacement for Carlos. That's the only thing I can think, right? Like I'm the centre back as well. I might got it wrong. They've signed he signed Bandenrick as well, though, hasn't he? That's it. Yeah. I thought yeah, he was not going to trust. He's not going to eat But admittedly, I think Bednarek was bought because the, you don't expect your your number one centre back to snap his Achilles in the, in, the, in his first game, which happens. That's uh, what I mean. But, so why is Endonka then? If Endonka's, uh, yeah, I don't get, I don't get it. And it just feels especially like a body, you, especially when you feel think, like you, they've got Kamara as well. Like I, I think, think the way up, 
the way I look at this with that signing anyway, they need to go stronger in midfield. I don't think he trusts Coutinho. I think no. Coutinho has been the one player of all of them that has been that has completely let him down. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it was it was obvious what was going to happen. Phil Coutinho, since he's left Liverpool, has been like a, he's just sinking. You know, he's never produced anything remotely close to the form that he showed with us, and never consistently. He showed flashes, but yeah. he's never I been. Think he's, I think he's lost a yard though with those. Hasn't he had two knees, two, two yeah. big knees, two big knees? I think that's. And it, I also just think there's a bit of a confidence not because he got his big move and it fell. He fell a bit flat on his face, really. But Has he persisted with him then when when Buendia, whenever he's came on or whatever, seen him looks the, looks the man who's ready to step into that that position and 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 take it take the ball by the horns. I mean, the, the Villa fans that I know have been like, I can't believe Buendia's not playing and Coutinho's in there. I think yeah. it's, I think Buendia's a right sided winger, isn't he? and I think Coutinho's they've been. Drumming him but on the left side. He's, he's playing as a 10 at the moment, though, isn't he? He's playing. Has he been playing midfield? I thought he was. He's been playing, as a, he's been playing as a 10 and playing two, and playing two up front. He, oh, but he keeps hard. flipping. He keeps flipping. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't work. I, I thought early on they were playing Bailey, Coutinho, and yeah. then it was. They tried, they tried playing a 4 3 3, but it was more with a 4 a four three three with two eights three. that were trying to attack. And it just doesn't work. It exposes their. Their their centre backs too much, yeah. and they don't know if they want to play a two up top with Ings and Watkins. They don't know if they want to play four three three. They're not settled on anything, and at least I suppose with this the Dunker signing, he can go with three solid centre mids if he wants to, and or try to protect what he has, and look to look to try to exploit sides on the break with the. Forward two that he has, but I think I don't think he's going to get the chop unless he gets absolutely mullered by City. But I think he's seriously yeah. under pressure. I he's think definitely- the whole thing, they look lost, all of them. I think the players don't know what, what to do. I think Ramsey's it, even Jacob Ramsey looked a shadow of himself. Like, I think he had quite a good first half of the season last year, and mm. I think McGinn is well off it. I don't think he's yeah. been good for a while now. I think there was a couple of rumors about him to United three or four years ago, and I was I was praying that didn't happen. Um, I think McGinn's lost his way. Yeah, I think, so Ramsey, I think he's just gone. I, was, I think he's gone. Ramsey's what was he nineteen? Ramsey's yeah, nineteen. Really yeah. So again, yeah. nineteen year olds, and Liverpool have got to be careful of this. So we can. Come, so this is not me even saying it to, to have a dig. You've got to pick your moments when they're just about to go off the boil and take them out. Otherwise, you end up. Uh, the classic example Kev, for us was do you remember in uh, Insua, the left back we had years ago. Yeah, Ali thought left guy. back really. Yeah. He, he looked he looked all right, but because we had nobody else, we played him for a whole season, and you could tell after ten games he needed to come out because he his head had gone and he was struggling, and we didn't. And you ran him into a ground, and that's yeah. the risk with Jacob Ramsey is at some point you've got to take him out. But at yeah, the moment, no one else. He's, pro- he's probably one of the most crazy players they have because McGinn's not doing it, and that's. That's the double-edged sword you've got with a, with a young yeah, player. Their backup's you know, terrible. Their backup for that position is yeah. awful. Like they, but just like, like, he's more of a backup for Kamara, isn't he? Like, Gerard's or, or, he's also killed himself because he's made McGinn captain. And he took yeah. it off Mings and it was a proper public decision. And it was controversial. So you can't, you can't now drop him, can you? So it's like, no. it's really... No. The fact that he did it so 
publicly, I was surprised that he didn't try to get uh, get him out of the club. You know, the, he didn't try to sell him on Tyrone Mings. Mm. Uh, mm. It, it was just one of those ones. Because, because Gerard made such a big deal of taking the captaincy off of him, it was almost a case, an arrogance from Gerard that, look, I'm taking the captaincy off you. It's my decision. I'm giving it to John McGinn. But I'll be the people manager now, and I will get the best out of Tyrone Mings. It just made no sense to me. I think the best thing that could have happened there was early in the window, make that decision and move Tyrone Mings on. If you didn't well, fancy him as he lost against Bournemouth, which put mm. them you know, under the cosh, and then Diego Carlos gets injured. So it's like yeah. it was the perfect storm, wasn't it, in terms of him not being able to sell him? So I think you're right. And I think in an ideal world, Gerard would have done that. But those two things meant that it was almost impossible yeah. for him to do. But Jake makes the a point there. Yeah, Jake makes a point in the chat there. Jared and Rogers to swap jobs over the next couple of weeks. Gerard won't go, won't get anywhere near the Leicester job. Gerard uh, won't get near a Prem job with the way he's been going. No, that, and, it, and I don't Leicester, think he should. I don't think Leicester he should, squad, but... That Leicester squad nine that in the Leicester last 15. Brendan's another one who's on thin ice, and um, the way he spoke out last night in his post-match about not sacked. being backed, it's, it's what Parker got sacked for. Brendan's got a bit more credit in the bank with Leicester to a point. But I think that credit is definitely wearing thin. I don't know if Leicester yeah. got the money to sack him. Yeah, it's no. going to cost in a region of twenty million apparently to get Brenton out of the club. That's right. It's not not that Leicester maybe don't want to sack him. Maybe, well, maybe they don't. But if they do, I'm not sure they've got they, they've got twenty million, and I think they're in that double edged sword of. But if we don't sack him, we might go down, and then you, that's a lot more than they, twenty million. Do you think they're looking at it going? If we get rid of him, who do we bring in? Yeah, Potch isn't going to go to somewhere like yeah. Leicester. No. Like, that no. there isn't anyone like there isn't anyone that they could probably get in that is any better. No. Um, I just like I, I agree with him to the extent that that team needed money. Like the fact that Drewsby Hall was like a guaranteed start. Like I think he's a good talent, but the fact that he's starting every single game guaranteed is an issue yeah. for them. But and listen, listen, is an issue as well. Let's just have a, a quick go around the houses with a predictive scoreline. Uh, how many are City going to win by Chris? Oh, four nils. Could be eight. Gary? Go with four. I'll go four one. I think Bella might get a goal. Oh probably an own goal. What the one is going I'm going six nil. I, I oh. and you know what? It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Battered. I think they're gonna get battered. Do you think it's possible that Pep might rest and rotate players in this game <sighs> with Europe in mind? No. no. No, not I, think, yeah, I think it not might be the there. next one they might do, but like I, I, I won't. I don't see it. They've got, they've got top. They've got Tottenham. They have. They got this game. They got Champions League. Then they got Tottenham. They've yeah, got Tottenham. Enough, Tottenham. So, uh, they've got enough depth to not have to like rest players. Well, I, it's I, actually I, quite thin. It's quite thin, actually. They've only got nineteen. But but look at the look at the strength of those nineteen yeah. though. No, you I agree. Listen, no, I do. The thing is, those nineteen very rarely get injured. Probably mm. the only one who's got a bit of an injury doubt over him at the moment is Phillips because he he's picked up another shoulder injury. But in general, Rodri doesn't get injured very often. You know that helps because then you don't have to worry about depth too much. That's the one I'm that's the one I'm thinking of. I wonder if Pep would pull Haaland from this one and give Alvarez a 
I mean, Alves is, that Alves's pace against Mings will just he'd have a field day. But he might things like a uh, rest Foden and start Mahrez. It doesn't. It doesn't really. Uh, it's not really like a drop off, is it? Oh no, I've got to start Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, right. So we've got a four nil, two four ones, and a six nil. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'd go higher, but uh, good luck, Stephen. <laughs> uh, Steve is uh, going to be. He's. I think he's very lucky that Christian Perslow is uh, where is at that club at the minute because I think he'll show them a little bit, but that won't last for long because the owners of Villa are two of the richest people in the Premier League. You know, mm. they will not tolerate the level of spending that they've laid out to not get a, a return. They're they're only going to put up with a pet project of Steven Gerrard for so long. Yeah. yeah. But last but not least, tomorrow morning, Derby Day. Gary, how are you how are you feeling going into tomorrow, mate? Dreadful. <laughs> really? Yeah, look at it I never I never I never look forward to his Derby. Don't get me wrong. Two hours before the game, when I've had a couple of drinks, I'm, I'm probably starting to get up for it and, and get a little bit excited, but I'm never looking forward to his RV. Not least, in, certainly in the last 10 years, it's been even worse because we just we really struggle to get anything. When there's, when there's a crowd there anyway, take all the crowds away and we can do all right. But um, no, and obviously that's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen because I want to go to the game tomorrow. Um no, I'm not looking forward to it. And I know you aren't look. I know your line's going to be, you know, we're not firing anywhere near all cylinders, and we're struggling here, we're struggling there. You know, there's still a lot of moving parts in this Lampard team. Lampard still doesn't know a lot about some of the players. He doesn't know what shape he wants to play. We're struggling to score goals. We haven't really got a striker. Even if we played the only striker that we've signed, it was Neil Morpai, who's not going to set the world alight. We're probably losing something that has actually hurt you. So I really don't know what he's going to do tomorrow. We we previewed it on our podcast a few hours ago, and he's got a little choice almost to go with, but to go with the same lineup, played Leeds, um, even the new signings we've got in. The problem is it Dressage. Is it Dressage registered in time? Yes, yes, they're, they're all yeah, they're all available. He wouldn't have had a problem. That would be the only one for me. Would be Dressage Gay for for date Tom Davies. Um, Mainly because Davy What was that? Sorry, is Davy starting for you guys still? Davies, yeah, I can't stand Tom Davies. Exactly, that's that's yeah, that's where we're at. Really um, yeah. I mean, I think, he's the, I think he's the one you can wind up for Everton. So probably starting Gay over him is probably a, a blessing. Really, I mean, Gay's a good player yeah. as well. To be fair, yeah, I do well, like the I do like the number eight you've got. Is it Unana? Is it Unana? Unana yeah. Very, very good. Money for him. He, he looks like, uh, you know, I, th- I saw his interview, I think it was after his day, he spoke really well, quite, looked quite mature head. I thought, there's definitely a player in there. You know, that's sure, that's what Everton used to do yeah. under Moyes, is you would get those sort of sides where you go like, oh, he's, he's good. you know, that's what you sort of build up for. It was like young, but you build them up. That's what Everton were really, really good at. And they kind of went away from that model a little bit. Yeah, Chris, I uh, just want to read this comment out from Ant Dicko to get the message out that on the ninth minute in tomorrow's Blues v Reds at Goodison, uh, no Everton Liverpool songs, Merseyside, Merseyside, RIP Olivia. Uh, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's the one thing, I suppose, when they call this the uh, the friendly derby, the, you know, 
when you're on the pitch, you'll battle like crazy and you want to win nothing more. But two clubs that bind as one for a city, it's it doesn't happen anywhere else. I lived in Bristol for a long time. The two clubs wouldn't do that. It's rare. And Everton and Liverpool, when there's tragedy, when there's something like this, the two clubs speak with one voice. Uh, Gary, I hand it over to you, mate. You know, you, you're you're in t- yourself and Chris are living there, so you know the floor is yours. Look, it's um, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And um, you know, our podcast is obviously Reds and Blues, having a banter, having a chat, and, and sometimes we'll we'll rip each other so bad that you, you want to kill the other person and, and whatever. But when it comes down to it, you know, we're, we're good mates, we're, we're like family, and and. When one of us is down, and whether it's our group of mates or it's it's someone who lives near you or someone in the city, it, it hurts. It does hurt, and it's been a it's been a really difficult time on 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 Merseyside. Difficult time to be a scouser because it's um you know some of the stuff that's gone on has been unthinkable. And when when children are involved, it's it it you know that gets to everyone. You know when you hear of someone's child being caught up in in something that's that's um, of that nature, you know. It, it, that you can't help but think about what if, you know, what if that was that was me or that was that was my young, my 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 child. So every fan look across the country would feel that. But I agree. Look, we're, we're, as a, as a two fan bases and rivals, you know, we're, we're scousers above all else, and and we do have that identity, and and you know, nobody wants that to continue, and whatever it takes tomorrow to get that message across that that. It's not acceptable, and whatever gang stuff you've got going on, the children and innocent people can't be caught up in it. That message mm. couldn't couldn't be any more important. So, whatever we've got to do as as, as two fan bases and as, as two clubs tomorrow, we must do. Yeah, Chris. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not from Liverpool, but you know, I've I've got scout wives, uh, scout in laws, and scout father. But um, yeah, I mean, I was at the 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 Liverpool game when it was Reece, Paul Reese James's um, family were at that game. You know, we uh, we played Zed cars for that one, and you kind of thought you always thought you had to is you know hope, you don't want to hear anything like this again. But you know, you know, nine year old girls. You know, I said my daughter's the same age, same name. So it sort of strikes at home. He said like it's shit like this shouldn't really be happening. It's mental. It's absolutely mental. Uh, but the one thing. That is the one thing, as much as Liverpool Everton don't like each other, you know, and it's it's probably not as friendly as it used to be. Things like this, this is where these are the football isn't the biggest thing in your life. And look, I, I'm sure there will be a, a tribute on nine minutes. Um, I, I have no doubt it will be impeccably done because it was it always is when Liverpool Everton go for these sort of things. But it's just really horrible that stuff like this still happens, and it should yeah. it shouldn't do. You know, poor kid. You know, poor family. Yeah. You know, it's horrible. I mean, Kevin, uh, you're a pretty relatively young guy, you know, 23 years of age. It's that this kind of call. I, look, we'll talk about football in a minute, but this type of culture across the UK, it's, it's deemed as a young person's disease almost. You know, it's, yeah. it's been prevalent really in, you know, probably from the generation that you were in school up to today and going forward. How is it, you know, the, you're a part of the FIFA community. You're a, 
a content creator, a coach, and a, a top top player. But what is it about? You must come across this kind of stuff in your working life as well as your social life. I mean, how has it gone to where it is now? I I really don't know. Um, for me personally, it hit home a lot. Um, a lot. My whole dad's side of my family are all scousers. I'm up in Liverpool quite a lot, and um, well, when when I heard what happened, I couldn't. I just couldn't believe it. Um, I, th- I think the world has become quite an odd place and um but when i went when i was younger like we left our front doors open and now I, you, you don't i don't even speak to my neighbors um and i think it's it's horrible um but as even for me i grew up in a, in a rougher area of london um i got i got stabbed when i was 14 um so it's one of them where the world is just it can be a really horrible place and um I, I just feel awful for everyone involved, really, and I just wish the best for for the for Olivia's family. And it's just it, it really is horrible. Well said. Right, we'll get back to the game, um, Chris. We've uh, a lot of people in the fan base not happy with our transfer window. Uh, and not happy just, with. No, no, yeah. no one's mentioned that. No one's no? mentioned it on any no. any podcast we've done on. You say, are you, did you blink? <laughs> how how have you how have you seen that. the window? How do you see us going into tomorrow? I mean, we're not in the greatest form, but how do you see us going into tomorrow? Uh, window wise, I'd said to you at the start of the summer we needed four in. We have got the four in. I probably would have liked the midfielder, but I would have liked the midfielder sooner beforehand, but. Look, we've got him in now. He's not going to be available tomorrow. Uh, I think he, his first game will be in Napoli because I don't think he's got international clearance. Um, but the look, Klopp, the club, they took the risk of let's go with what we've got for another year in midfield. Players got injured. It happens. And I think the Henderson injury is a clear sign of a player who's been overplayed, who was I think must have been carrying something. And I think the plan this year would, would have been to rotate Henderson and Fabinho in the sixth role. And then use the other midfielders for the more attacking roles, and it fell flat as face. But that's on Klopp, that's on Ward, that's on the club. Like we could all be perfect and say, look, we should have issued that. They made decisions. We'll never know the nuances of why they made those decisions, uh, and it will be more than just FSG give us money. There'll be a lot more. It'll be a bit more complicated than that. But we've got what we've got. Uh, I mean, I think for tomorrow, I'm expecting. If it was me, I think we make about three changes. Because I think at some point you've got to rotate. Um, you can't keep. We can't do go with the same ten, ten that I played the last three games because you're just asking for trouble. Uh, so people will go mad. Uh, I think J- this has got James Milner style written all over it because I don't think you throw in two 19 year olds in, in a derby because I just think it's fraught with getting caught up in the emotion. We saw Darwin do that. So, and I think we're going to rotate one of the fullbacks. Because at some at some point you should do. It's probably going to be Robertson because we've got a better, we've got a, a more experienced backup in Simicast. I think Trent's going to play, and he's bang out of form at the moment. Really bang out of form. Uh, I thought defensively he was all right against Newcastle, but he couldn't pass a ball two yards, and that was, you know, the opposite. So, so uh, I'm sort of thinking. I was going to say, what, what would your lineup be for tomorrow? I would go probably Allison in goal, Trent Gomez, Van Dijk. 
Simakas. I think the midfield will be Elliot, Fabinho, Milner. I think Diaz and Salah play. I've got a feeling he throws Nunes in from the start because I think he wants Firmino to start Napoli. And I think that's more because I think for Napoli away, I think you want Matic playing and I think you want Firmino playing. More Firmino just to keep on the ball. He actually both want Firmino for his off-the-ball stuff. Um, and look, Nunes, we, we need fresh legs. You know, so... We, Big physical add up front, you know. Let's see how it, let's see how it works. I mean, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never been a fan of Cody in a, in a back four. Back three works really well. I don't think he's built for a back four. Some players aren't. Like David Louise, always look great in a back three. Look shite in a back four, and that's just certain players. Listen, Gary may tell me now. I'm talking at my arse. Actually, he's been, he's been really good as a back four. And I'll, you know, I'll stand correct. <laughs> I don't watch him because I don't watch Everton every week. Um, I think for Liverpool, the keys are two wide players, Salah and Diaz, because Everton have got good young guys, but the young fullbacks. And I think you've got to try and target the inexperience where you can. Gary, uh, I watched the uh, Leeds game and Patterson really impressed. Uh, I thought he was really good. Um, Miklenko, I think it's pronounced, on the other side. Solid, decent enough fullback, to be fair. The two of them have cemented their place in the side, but. Do you think do Everton go with a back four or a back five tomorrow? And um, the front three, do they go with the front three like they did against Leeds? And play yeah, the break? I, think because, I think because of the injuries we've got at centre back, I mean, Godfrey Holgate, um, and the fact that nobody trusts Keen. I don't even think he trusts himself. Um, it, it's going to be a back four. There's no doubt about that. I agree with you. Um, Patterson looks a player. He looks a real player. Um, and, and to be fair to Lampard, I think he's recognised that although Dwight McNeil has not been fantastic creatively, and he's, I don't think anyone anyone outside of Frank Lampard was expecting that, he, he certainly puts the work in and he covers Patterson very well and he protects him. So he's allowing Patterson to really be aggressive on them overlaps and, and he should have really won the game for us at Leeds. He got himself into a very good position in the area, one-on-one with the keeper, should have scored, but... No, he was man of the match by a mile for us um, and a, a very, very tough prospect. But I also agree that he can be got at because because of that. You know, you've seen it with Trent, not least because of the fact that Trent, Trent isn't a natural out defender. But if you, if, you, if you get that high up the pitch and you're constantly having to recover, it's difficult to then be in a great position to defend all the time. And if you've got Mo Salah coming the other way, you know, it, it's it's going to be... Or, or Diaz, sorry, it, depending on... It's, probably Diaz isn't on that side, there's going to be an issue there. I said in our preview for the podcast, Diaz is probably my biggest concern. Um, Trent, we know, can score from anywhere, can pull a rabbit out of a hat. We're going to be defending, I think, a lot of that game very deep. Diaz's strength is coming in on that back post, ghosting in on that back post, getting in between the, the full-back and the centre-back from crosses. That's where I think that Patterson, with his inexperience, will maybe get caught out rather than that obvious ball over the top. Um but yeah, I think he's a good player. Michalenko, it's 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 actually different. He complements Gordon because he, he doesn't get forward that much. He's an out-and-out defender and he allows Gordon to just go and get as high as he can up the pitch. And that's where, without doubt, I think even Liverpool, would admit, you guys would admit that that's where we can hit you. Gordon, Gordon, if Gordon gets on Trent's shoulder, or even if he gets, gives Trent a five-yard head start, he'll absolutely lace him on the ball, off the ball. And that's where we've got to try and expose you guys. Um but it's interesting. It is interesting. It's I one of them. The way, the way you set up against Leeds 
was exactly how you're going to set up against us. It's it's this, Dwight McNeil has always been one of those players. He's got a really good left foot, but it, he's painfully left footed. I yeah. mean, his right his right foot is for standing on, and that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's but he can deliver a ball. Mm. He can he can set Gordon off if um, mm. and Gordon on the break is lightning. Damari mm. Gray as well through the middle, more than likely. More more than likely, only because of the fact that he, he does work incredibly hard. I think I think I think to the outsiders looking in, you, you think of Damari Gray as being this really like. You know, he, he walks when he hasn't got the ball, and he comes to life when he, when when the team have got it. He does work. We he does work hard. He puts a shift in, and I think the high line that you guys play, and the fact that he can time and run, he can get in behind. He scores. I think at Goodison against you last season, yeah. where he just broke the line mm-hmm. quite easily and slotted it under Allison. He's got that in him. He's got him. He pretty much scored against Leeds. That was a ridiculous, like ridiculously tight VAR decision, but. You know, I think that's that's what pips him against Morpai is that he will play on the shoulder, he will work hard off the ball, he knows the system. It allows us yeah. to play more of a fluid front three, and you've got you know two players certainly in Gray and Gordon that can that can break that high line quite easily, and and that's why he probably plays. Yeah, well, Kevin, you're the neutral in the outfit. Um, you've heard both arguments. How do you see tomorrow going? Um. It is a really, really odd one, actually. I think Liverpool obviously should win it, and I think they they will. Um, I, I don't think Liverpool played have played really well, really all season. Bar Bournemouth, who I mean, I think pretty much everyone's going to have a good game against them this year. Um, uh, like I said, I think Trent's been quite bad this year. I think I think a lot of people target him. I know Man U did. I, I remember seeing the. The Hayes pass chart, we basically just dropped it on top of Trent's head the whole game and just kind of went down there. Um, I like, I, I, I worry for Everton just because I think they've got a lot of people like, like Gary said, he worked hard and I think a lot of people put a lot of effort in, but I don't think there's actually a lot of quality, like in terms of finishing a goal or even really creating a lot. Um, I like, I like their midfield though. I think they've got a strong midfield and I think if they're going to get a result, I think that's where. It will come. I think if if Milner's playing, like Milner puts hundred percent in, but I think he just looks gone now. I think he looks past it. Um, I think Harvey Elliott looks. He looks. They obviously is a very good player. I think he was probably Liverpool's best player on the pitch when he played us. Um, I just think that if Everton are going to get a result, it'll be probably like Gary said, probably pressing that midfield and going quick at your defence and hoping for the best, but. I do, I do think Liverpool will win it because I just think I think there's too much of a quality gap still. Um, but I think I think Everton, I don't think Everton will go down, and I think Everton eventually will pick up a bit of steam. But I just don't think this is the game probably for it to happen. Uh, Gary, I was I was I was I was watching Sky Sports News earlier on today, and they were talking about football finances and what Everton were able to do and what they're not able to do, but. They were also saying that next summer, Everton could be capable of doing a bit of a madness again. Um, how how are you, you know, how are you seeing it at the minute? Is this season a case of look, stay safe, get where you can get to, and then see what comes, or how are you seeing it in the medium term? Uh, absolutely. To- I mean, uh, you look. You only have to look at the signings he's made. He's replaced overpaid players with 
very little appetite with young, hungry players who've got athleticism and have got miles in the tank. Um, so he's certainly building for the future. Kevin Felwell's obviously has a big part to play in that. Um, and, and yet, I don't think there's, a, there's any secret that because of the wage bill that we were carrying up until you know we let where we had five or six players who were out of contract in the summer. We've had Andre Gomez and a few others go out as well who were on big wages. I think our highest paid player now is probably Jordan Pickford. Um and, and, and he's maybe on eighty grand. So and and that's modest in this in this probably in this era. Yeah. So mm. we've certainly got we're certainly in a in a very good position now because you've got a few more players again who will come to the end of contracts come the end of this season that are probably less desirable to, to Lampard. And I say Lampard, it, it, it could be someone else, you know, you, you know, how fickle. Um, how are you feeling with Frank? How how, 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 you, how are you with him? He's the right man for this job right now. You know, yeah, he, he kind of had, that, he was in that position at Chelsea where he had to not sign players, bring young players in. Look, what he's done with, even with Anthony Gordon, like, listen, Anthony Gordon was a fringe player who didn't have that much about him, is now suddenly being touted for six, you know, 50, 60 million. Alex Awobi, I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a, that's impressive to be fair with Alex Awobi. I don't know how that's happened. Anyone who watch, who's watched Alex Awobi play for Arsenal and, and, and even play for us for the first 20 games, you're thinking, what's he about? You know, he, he, he threatens to be a player. Is he, you know, he's got all kinds of attributes that he can't put together. He's, not, he's bossing them in field for us now and he looks at, He's, you know, he's never going to be a number six. He's, I don't know if he's number 10, but look, he can pass, he can tackle, he can get about the pitch. He looks at a proper footballer. What he's done with them too, and, and even Mason Holgate, who again, I completely wrote off. Tom Davies is now starting games and doing okay. He, he's done some really good work with, with, with them players. So he's the right man for the job now. Is he going to be that man when we've got money to spend again? You know, he's shown at Chelsea, he, he maybe wasn't the, the, the person to, to pick the most... Or, or to you know to be the most shrewd in the market, so he, yeah. he probably needs more direction on that side. But right now, he's definitely the best man for the job. The, the fans are behind him, which is important, as you know. Um, and he's got the he got the best out of some players who before have been pretty average. Well, personally, I think the best thing he could do is when he sees Uncle Frank uh, on on his speed dial, just hang up the phone. Just hang <laughs> up the phone because when oh, you're being advised to take Delhi Alley, it's nah. Sorry. You know. I think Lampard's had a rough run of it. I, I think he's done a better job at most of the places he's been at that he's probably been given credit for. I think that top four finish he had with Chelsea when they had no money and sold Hazard, mm. I think he's quite he's good. And I think when yeah, he took he's... over Everton, they were in a complete down spiral. And to actually keep them level-headed and get it over the line, when it looked like for a while they were destined to be gone. Yeah. Um, I'd be honest, so, I, I thought they were gone. I... I couldn't see where the results were coming from. Yeah. And Richarlison for, I, I fucking hate the brick, but he's, he is going to, he is, when you have a player like that, he will get you a goal. Mm. The same with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, when he's right, Dominic Calvert-Lewin will get you a goal. The, from, for Everton, for me, for Everton, the most important thing is get him fit and right. And then you, Everton will be fine. You know, they should be fine. They're signed well in the midfield, to be fair. Oh, Nana looks a, looks a player. He, yeah. 33 million is all of his money, but he was mm. exactly what was needed. Idris Aganagay, he could prove to be 
the player, you know, you, there's always a golden rule. You never go back. You know, it's never as good second time around. But again, he could be exactly what you need for certain types of games. Mm. Um, I think Everton want, will be safe safe enough, to be fair. They might want game more to be the experience for Unana to yeah. learn yeah. off him, you know, what, do, do what he's done in Paris, and then, yeah. you know, bring him in and out, you know. Um, probably like, a bit like Liverpool do with McAllister for a little bit. Bit of a mm. rant, you know, not obviously not the same age range, but if you know what I mean, experienced pro just to, you know, sort of show you the ropes in difficult games. And then eventually, it's a young Everton yeah. team, and I think having someone like Garner Gay, who probably knows what the standards are that Everton want to hold as well, I think that experience I mean, will help them a lot. That's why they've gone for coding and Tarkovsky because they're both talking. Yeah. They're, they're both talking. Yeah, it's that's attitude. It. That, that's the big thing yeah. that Lampard said when he came in. The attitude wasn't right, the application wasn't right, they weren't professional enough. And you look at those signings, Garner Gay, like you just said, Tarkovsky, and and Conor Cozy epitomised professionalism and everything you want around the changing room. So I think they'll have a really positive impact on the young players. Hopefully it goes from there. But, you know, I'm not, I, I agree to some of the comments. I think tomorrow, all those things coming together may be a little bit too early for us, but you can only hope, really. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, score predictions. How do you think it's going to go? I'm going 2-0 Liverpool, but I think it's one of those turgid 2-0s where... If Liverpool get a second, it's going to be late and it's going to be attritional. Yeah. It just feels like it's going to be one of those games. Probably the old derbies that we see years ago. It feels like it's going to be one of them. Yeah, I think last year was the exception to the general yeah, rule. Yeah, because derbies, especially Goodison, they're, they're not that open normally. So yeah. any, anyone thinking, anyone they look for thinking big score lines, I think you're kidding yourself. Yeah, uh, Gary, how, what, what about yourself? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be typical and go against it. No, I, I think early kickoffs do do have the the. Um, they take the buzz out of it sometimes. It's, it's that weird weird thing about them. I think early kickoffs to throw up a, a bit of an unusual result. I'm not going to be too cliche and say we're going to win the game. However, I think I think it will be high scored. I'm going to go with two two. Okay. Okay, uh, Kevin. Um, I think it's solely dependent on if Liverpool score an early goal. I think if Liverpool score early, I think it could be 2 or 3-1. But the actual result I'm going to go for, I think it'll end up a draw. I think I think Everton will probably hold on. And I think maybe they might catch them out at, like, at some point and Liverpool have to fight back, kind of like they have quite a few times this year. But um, I think I will go for a draw. But if they, if Liverpool get a goal in the first half, it'll be 2 or 3-1, I think. Yeah, I think I've got a 2-1 Liverpool, but this Everton side or a side, you don't want to go behind to. Because mm-hmm. I was, I, I was you- actually, I was actually impressed. I was impressed with the shape that they kept in the, it, against Leeds. They were really solid and structured and organised, and they wanted to be in that shape. You know, they were comfortable in that shape, and. The threat is always there on the on the break. Gordon is rapid, you know, and that once you have that, that's a serious threat. Um, some people in the chat, uh, oh, Avada Thurk saying we get beaten one 0 but he's banned. Uh, Artidula going three one. Uh, R. Allison saying nil nil or one one. Chris, we need a win. You know, we we've had a shocking to... start of the season. As much we... as. We need to get a as run much, going, mate. Yeah, we've got to, we, we need a win desperately. 
I forgot to ask you actually, Chris. Your your scorers for tomorrow. Do you think Nunes starts? Yeah, I think Nunes starts. I'm going to go for a Salah double. Okay, Gary, you went two two. Who's getting your goals? I think Connor Cozy's going to get one. I just think there's something poetic about it. Um, yeah, that kind of is. Isn't it? Football has a fucking habit of doing that, doesn't it? it does. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also think I also think Patterson will get on the score sheet as well. I think he, I think he's shown that you know he can get four, he can get on the box. I think it'll be two less likely scorers for us. Interesting, Kevin. Who do you think gets uh, the I think it'll be Diaz for Liverpool because I think he's looked probably their best player this year. And if if I had to pick one, probably Damari Gray. I think I think he's got the best chance of probably getting in and around Trent and probably causing a bit of havoc and maybe a bit of link up with Gordon. So yeah, like I'll, I'll go Gray with Diaz. I'll tell you what, for tomorrow, it's it's a massive test for Darwin Nunes because there's no two better pair of shithouses in the league than uh, Cody and Tarkowski. <laughs> and they are going to give him absolute dogs for 95 minutes and won't let him rest. And it's a baptism of fire because he can't do what he did again. And, no, but tomorrow is going to be an absolute acid test. You know, he's not going to get a more hostile atmosphere. Yeah. And he's not going You're not telling me he wasn't getting wound up in Portugal, in some of the big derbies in Portugal. You know, Benfica. You know, Benfica playing Porto or Sporting, they fucking hate each other, yeah. and he never got sent off from them. You know, so yeah, we don't want him to do it again. We don't want him to have a habit. He's made himself a target now. Referees will watch him, and people will play in it. But right. I do think people, bench, I do think people are playing it a little bit too much because he never. He never got sent off in Portugal. I think he got sent off once in Spain. So, see, look, if he does it again, then we know we've got another really head case played up front for us. But, you know. <laughs> Can't be having You'd that. You'd love that anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Jake is asking quickly there, uh, Chris, your thoughts on Arthur? Um, to Arthur. A bit of, yeah, to Arthur. <laughs> yeah, we do that joke. <laughs> we've done that joke to death now, Kev. I love um, it. I'm sick of the Hey Arthur memes. I must admit. They're getting on my fucking heads now. No. I've enough of them. Um, look, he looks at a tidy player. Um, he sort of suits the left side of midfield, which is when, while Thiago's out, he's an option to rotate with Thiago. And it seems to be the way Liverpool want to go going forward. Is that this midfield three, it's more two holders and then one bombing on. The one bombing on is Elliot. The concern I've got about Elliot bombing on is at some point you've got to rest him. And I don't know who your replacement runner is because Henson can do it, but he's he's more better now suited to doing the, the sixth role. Uh, I think Carvalho for me. Yeah, uh, maybe Carvalho. Maybe it's, maybe it's or Curtis Jones. Firmino could do a job in midfield. No. But as, a, as an attacking midfielder, do you think he's got a legs anymore for it? He hasn't got legs to go the other way. He hasn't got legs to go the other way. The one thing I'll say about Arthur, right, and um, we'll finish up there in a few minutes, um, He he's desperate to get into the Brazil squad. This is a loan where Juventus are paying a good chunk of his wages and we have an option to buy over two years at £16 million a year. It doesn't impact our future transfer policy whatsoever. He's 26 years of age. If Klopp can get a tune out of this guy, he is silk. He is such a good ball. He's such a good footballer he set for up, the way he set we up to, play. He's set up to win your contract now, isn't he? That's what he's yeah. set up for. Play well, win your contract. But again, the only issue with him is, and he's got it's the same thing with Thiago probably is, That's both it. good players, yeah. how fit can yeah. you keep him? But this that, is it. That's it's, it. It's, now maybe sorry, Gary, go ahead. 
Maybe you have well, two I don't question his appetite or quality or pedigree. It's same as you, Chris. I just worry for him. If he can't stay fit in the leagues he's played in so far, mm. I don't know how he's staying fit in the Premier League. And maybe I you've got two. Maybe the thing is, if you've got Thiago and Arthur, maybe the hope is between the two of them, you can almost like yeah. mould yeah. one position. You go like, well, then Thiago's out, I put Arthur in. And then, yeah. I mean, Sosnall, they get injured at the same time, then you're knackered then. But I think that's, I think, that's the hope. I think last season, he's, he played something like nearly 30 games for Juventus. Um, on the, on the, back of the, on the bench or starting, it, well, it was, curious, but it was no, but it, it was 50 yeah. 50. But he didn't suit Allegri, and on the back of a car crash, you know, it was one of those unfortunate moves when it happened that he got clobbered with that. So, it, we'll see how it pans out. I think it's absolutely risk free for us. You know, if it doesn't work out, then go back to Juventus. I think he's an ideal. I think he might be an ideal center for Europe. I think that might suit yeah, him. Right. I think that's as pro- which to be honest, it's probably not a bad thing. We'd like probably like to go back to the old Rafa days a little bit, where we used to almost have two eleven. We used to have like almost like five or six fringe players. You go, they always play in Europe. And these lads always play in the Premier League because they kind of suited each other, which is what What's we used to do a little manager? while back. Yeah, a little bit like that. But we used to have like fullbacks. So you go like one fullback's more suited to Europe than the other, and that's how you yeah. rotate and rest. But we're not going to be able to rotate. I don't think for another couple of weeks properly. Yeah, because Thiago's going to be back next week. Yeah, it's going to be a while. I mean, we're going to finish up there in a minute. The only thing we want to touch on is um, you obviously you know now there's no way for you guys to uh, give us money which is good. Uh, Super chats are all turned off. But if you are that way inclined, then please, please go into the link in the description for Bobby's Wish to Walk. It's uh, for a young kid. I think Bobby's nine. He needs an operation in the States to help him to walk properly. Uh, at the moment, he's suffers some spasticity in his legs, which causes great pain and great discomfort. Not that you'd uh, ever know it by looking at his face. He's the guy. The kid is just like an absolute bundle of life. But he needs one hundred and fifty thousand euros. Now, as it stands, the last time I looked, it was up at one hundred and twenty-five. I think so. It's the last push. It's only, it's the last twenty-five grand, and uh, maybe less now. But we're desperate to get Bobby to the states. So any donations, it's fivers and tenors that are going to get him there, lads. That's what it is. It's fivers and tenors. Currently, hundred. Thanks, Gav. One hundred and thirty-one thousand euro. So that's nineteen k, nineteen k to go, and that will get him his operation. It will get his family with him. It will pay for their accommodation while they're there. It will also help. It'll pay for his physio when he returns, which is really important. You know, I. I I know more than most what it's like to have a child who's going through that kind of stuff, who's going through hospital treatment and the bills don't stop. You know what I mean? All this stuff adds up. So any donation is really, really gratefully appreciated. If you can't donate, we know times are hard. Please just share it across your socials. You know, if just copy the link, slap it into your WhatsApp groups, just say to your lads, look, have a look at this. If it's something that interests you, you know, donate. If not, just share it around. And that's how it'll get there. And we'll get into 150 quid, 150 grand, and you can go on his, have his operation, come back, and have a happy Christmas. And you'll see, like we've seen with Sienna before, it's life-changing. It really but, is. So Great. That was a, uh, that was a 
watch a walk to school for you know walk to school for the first time. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? That's that's yeah. the sort of things you want. If you see, I mean, if you see Anna's socials now since she had an operation, she's running around like a lunatic. Yeah, basically like a, like a child should be. You know, that's what all, all the so. kids. All kids over here are back to school. I think this week, so Sienna would have had her first day of school if not yesterday, maybe today. So mm. keep playing Sienna's socials for the videos of her walking into school, because you guys in the chat and everyone who's contributed helped make that happen. You know, be proud of that. It's an amazing thing that you guys have done. But on that note, I want to thank uh, Gary from across the park for coming on. Really appreciate it, Gary. Uh, sorry for getting your name wrong. Start. <laughs> Kev, it's your first time on the channel. Uh, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Listen, thanks very much for coming on. Yeah, a lot of fun. Kev, I appreciate where, it. Where can, where can people find you and what you provide? Um, mostly just on my Twitter, Clutch uh, underscore FIFA, if you're interested in um, FIFA. I'm a professional FIFA player, coach, and... Um, just try and try and help people out. So, if you're interested in, in in anything FIFA related, that's where I am. And football, I love my football. So, yeah, that's the thing. Everyone buys the game, but most people who buy the game were football fans first. Exactly. You know, so, you know, we all give it a go, but not many people get to the level where you're at at the minute. So, and in, sure. in fairness, I've watched Kevin's cont- content for a while. If you go onto his YouTube channel, I'm sure next year with FIFA 23 coming out. There's going to be tips and tricks and stuff that he'll be able to show you to help you make the game a lot easier for yourself. So that mainly, you know, so you don't have to spend money on FIFA when you're playing it. You know, you buy the game, that's enough. You don't need to spend money on it anymore. And people like Kevin will be able to help you to show you how to do run your accounts so that you don't have to spend a bob on it and you can end up with great stuff and really enjoy it. No worries, mate. Gary, where can people find you? It's um well the easiest place is our is our YouTube channel to be fair across the park podcast plenty of content on there so many interviews with with ex pros and um and coaches and and just sometimes famous fans of of both Everton or Liverpool but a lot of the time it's just banter between between mates again blues and reds just ripping the backside out of each other which is always always fun viewing what's what's that um, to like yeah exactly and and it's it's Twitter at across the park um PC. And same with uh, Instagram and, and Facebook, if you're that way inclined. <laughs> well, guys, please go and follow their, their channels and give them a subscribe and help them out. And I tell you, it is really great content. It, it is fantastic stuff. Chris, we're back tomorrow for a post-match. Please, God, yeah. be in a good mood. I can't be doing oh, yeah, more. Let's, let's be honest, Kev. The first couple were brutal, weren't they? Those post-match. I nearly had it in my notice, I swear what, to even God. What, even after the 9-0? No, that's no the first. That, but it was Ke- one Kev literally messaged Newcastle. me and said, "If we don't win this one, I'm not coming on." And they won, won that nil. <laughs> I'm the blue lads. Jesus Christ! I look, but it was one one with Newcastle. I, I, I was worried when it was one one at Newcastle. I thought, I, I'm not ready to face this lot. I, I was just like, nah, I've had enough, mate. We'll be back on tomorrow to do the uh, post match. Gavin, the lads, will be back on Sunday with the Fatback 4. And uh, next week, there's going to be a full week of content, as we always provide it. Thanks Hopefully very much yeah. to everyone everyone for coming on. Um, Chris, you yeah, were going to say? Hopefully have a women's show. Uh, trying to get that recorded next Thursday. So hopefully get our first women's show out probably late next week as well. Yeah. Red, where, our first home game's next week. Where? 
Who's that no, with and where is it? No, away at Reading, first game of the season. Then we're at home to the champions, Chelsea, the week after, which is going to be brute. Because <laughs> Chelsea women are ridiculously good. Uh, but then we've got, at the end of the month, it's the derby at Anfield. So That's at Anfield, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, ticket does ticket still available for that? I, th- I think it's only sort of like seven quid. Seven you know, pounds. it's seven pounds, you pound, you know, a couple of kids, you know, so I'm I'm taking my daughter to it. So, well, you get to go to Anfield, you know, I think it's a big allocation for Everton. I mean, Everton women are, did really well last year. So, you know, the Dar- and I think it's the first time we've had a Derby at Anfield for the women for about three, four years. Hmm. Interesting, Everton won that one as well, quite comfortably. Yeah. Well, Look, on that bright note, we're going to finish off for tonight. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Um, I'm still not good at reading all you guys' comments, but look, I'll get there. Thanks very much to everyone who's joined, and good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.